0: or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. On Good Authority has had over a million downloads, regularly appears on the top 100 career podcast list, and has been named one of the best publishing podcasts by LA Weekly and Kindlepreneur. Please welcome OG Authority host, New York Times bestselling author, Anna David. There are people who launch books, end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Hello, and welcome to the podcast that not only likes podcasts, but likes its listeners appearing on podcasts in order to promote their books so and their businesses. Um, if you like the show, whoa, you might like my book, On Good Authority, and my course and a whole bunch of other things. And you can get links to that and to the show notes by going to ongoodauthoritypod.com. Now, this is a pod-focused episode I have Alex Sanfilippo re-release of an old episode, and it's all about how to set up a podcast tour. Um, There are so many gems in this episode, so many gems that I quote a lot of this episode a lot in my book on good authority. He talks about why appearing on a podcast with just a few listeners can be so much better than appearing on one of those massive shows. Um, because the massive shows, the listeners are, it's like cult of personality. They're obsessed with the host. They're not really that obsessed with you. He talks about how uh, he had a friend who uh, a year after his book came out, went on a show and immediately sold a thousand copies of his book. Um, He talks about how to be a good podcast guest, why it's so important to know the show you're going on ahead of time. And he's created multiple businesses in the podcasting world, including Podmatch, which is like a dating site for podcast hosts and podcast guests. Uh, So uh, with that, I give you my conversation with Alex Sanfilippo. So here we go, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me today. on your book.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Anna.
0: Well, so I was telling you that I was going to out you as someone who who pitched himself. And the reason that I'm outing you as such is that I am pitched guests every day. And I actually am that rude person who deletes. I just don't even respond because it's really clear they don't know what the show is. They don't um, have anything to, that will help my audience. And all I care about is helping you guys. Alex sent me the most glorious pitch breaking down exactly who he was and most importantly, how he could serve you guys. And that was so exciting to me. Plus he had clearly listened to the show or if he hadn't, he did a really great job of faking it. So uh, let us talk about why this person is so good for this show. So he released a and managed to post-launch get all this traction with it with no budget and no huge team and get it into all of these schools. I believe 40,000 schools?
1: 40,000 students, 11 colleges. 40,000
0: students. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's like more
1: schools than exist
0: almost. And, uh, and, And so many other things. And he actually also has a company that helps authors with Amazon ads which is sorely needed. So welcome to the show, Alex.
1: It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let us talk about your journey. You, uh, you had just graduated from college when you wrote your book?
1: Correct. It was I graduated in the spring of 2018, and we wrote the book at the end of the year.
0: So you write this book, and the book is all about waking college students up to the fact that there's no job waiting for them, which we've all been led to believe there will be, correct? Exactly. So you write this book as a service, as I'm assuming you had learned firsthand. Oh my God, there's no job waiting for me. I better warn the people coming after me.
1: Yeah. Essentially the good friend who I wrote it with and I, we didn't have great GPAs in college. We weren't the the ones with 4.0 GPAs. And yet somehow we were still getting interviews with the likes of Google and Amazon and LinkedIn, which is where he actually ended up working. And we realized that what students weren't focusing on that they needed to be was was experiences. And it's the same way, Anna, with you know, the plethora of experiences you've had in the past, everything ends up coming relevant again. And so it's just it's a matter of just gaining all these experiences that when you can show up to a company, really show these transferable skills. So that's what we ended up putting into the book.
0: Fascinating. It is true. Every, you know, I've now lived quite a long time. And and everything that you do. It's you think, oh, this is this random job I had. This was this random experience I had. And it's just shocking when you look at your life and you realize that every single thing you've experienced plays into what you're doing at this moment. At least that's my
1: experience. If, yeah, I, when I wrote that book, I had no idea I'd be talking with you here. What now? Three years later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking the truth. So tell me what happened. So you guys write this book. Do you hired an editor? You hired a launch team. How did that, how did that work?
1: We do not come from money. So my yeah. good friend Rashab, he lived on food, st- he was a Nepalese war refugee living here in the U.S. on food stamps, um, you know, was able to, to get himself into college. I had a similar, not to that degree, he, he wins in the, in the pity competition there. I give him that. <laughs> I do not have the similar, you know, that similar background, but, you know, definitely had to pay my way through things. And so, you know, writing this book, starting off as, you know, at that time, we were, you know, a 20-year-old and a 21-year-old. We didn't have a budget, and so a lot of it was just bootstrapping. We did end up hiring this consultant to help us launch it to the Amazon bestsellers list, and we thought that that would continue to do all of the marketing for us. We thought, oh, great! As soon as we hit that list, then we're golden forever. Um, and it's great; it, it allowed us to then, you know, be able to market the door, market and, and get in the door with uh, with all those universities later on, having that title. But it certainly wasn't what kept the book evergreen.
0: Well, it's I think that a lot of authors believe when I especially, you know, I'll tell them you can launch huge speaking careers, you can get all these clients. So they believe they will release their book and suddenly places are going to stop calling, start calling them. Nobody's going to do that. I mean, unless you obviously have the runaway smash sensation. Um, So so you realize that what was your next step?
1: Yeah. I like to say, never trust someone who doesn't walk with a limp. And man, we were walking with a limp. That is for sure. Because if I could go back, I would have spent 50% planning the marketing of the book and not just writing it. So a year on from the road, a year on from the launch, we launched it, you know, on, I believe it was 14 different, you know, bestseller titles or whatever. And then from then we realized, wait, this book is not having the impact we wanted it to. It's not actually reaching students. It's not actually doing anything for us for two reasons. One, college students are broke. They don't have money to spend on a non-required reading material. And then two, we just weren't even getting in front of them. We had no plan to actually show up in front of these college students. And so that's where we thought, well, okay. And, and, you know, a lot of people, a lot of like Dave Chesson talked about it really well on, on, uh, in his episode with you, where it's not necessarily just about finding your target audience. It's about finding the gatekeepers to that audience and providing value to them. And so when, you know, we showed up with this Amazon bestselling book as a free resource to provide to these college students um, through, you know, through these universities, they were more than happy because we were leading from a point of value of, hey, we want to provide this, you know, bestselling resource to your students. And so they were actually, you know, I mean, we had uh, colleges like Yale and, and a bunch of other colleges, you know, I didn't go to Yale, didn't go to Harvard, didn't go to one of those Ivy Leagues. So it was even cool just to get emails back from some of those schools. But yeah, that's uh, essentially then we had to start thinking about, okay, how do we actually get this in the hands of readers?
0: So wait, did you pay for to send the, to those schools? You paid the, for the copies?
1: I sat in coffee shops weekend after weekend, web scraping 3,000 uh, emails of various career service professionals. I could tell you what the University of Texas, I could tell you University of Nevada, I could tell you what, how all their websites are set up. I have been to every university's website in the U.S. I believe. And then I spent uh, the few weekends after that, actually emailing every single one of them, um, to basically just say, Hey, here's what we want to offer your students. And then from there, I think we had about 50 colleges get back to us. And, uh, so none of this was paid again. We didn't have budget to spend on this. I did have a job at that time, but that was all going to savings. And so this is just, we had to, had to bootstrap it.
0: Okay. So you sent them the ebook, like where did the, so, so because then did they end up ordering the books and that's how you made all the impact? Uh, That's how you sold copies.
1: Yeah. So we created a ebook distribution for them. So they distributed a free ebook. So it's like, okay, this is great. You know, we've got an audience now, but we're still not making a return on the book or we're not even able to make money because we had plans way beyond the book. The book was just kind of our first, you know, uh, flag in the ground, if you will, and how we were going to proceed. And so then, well, in the same way that we compiled a list of, well, 3,000 contacts at universities, we turned around and then compiled a list of emails at 200 different companies and realized, well, okay, we have an audience of 4,000 students. Who wants to get in front of those students? Well, people who want to hire those students. And so that's when we then actually reached out to all of these different companies to then sell ads in our book. So we turned our, our book actually into a uh, a, a product for for advertising, for companies who wanted to hire the students who are now going to be reading it and ended up uh, making enough money to completely pay for all the money we had invested into the book, hiring that consultant, the editing, all that, and then actually launching um, what's now been four businesses from the book. But initially, that gave us the funding to, to launch our first two companies.
0: How many companies advertised in the book?
1: Uh, we ended up having six, including Coles, who actually paid us a thousand dollars to uh, to get into our book. Which you know, it, it's just it's it just comes back to uh, you really never know what you're capable of, and, and getting in. I mean, getting Coles to pay us for this book that we had written. I mean, you just sometimes when you're starting from nothing, you just have to get super creative, find ways to get in front of your audience, and then find ways to monetize that in you know wherever that value may be. For us it's an audience. We had the audience of 40,000 students. So well, Coles wants to hire those students, okay, Coles, do you want to give us a thousand? And Richard Branson is actually, I, I can't even lie. He's a huge inspiration of mine. One of his first companies was actually a magazine on campus that he distributed amongst his um, his peers. It was a student. It was, I think it was actually called student magazine. Um, it would be my dream to advertise for Richard Branson's books once, one day as a, as a side note, but, um, his, uh, yeah, so his, he distributed it and then he turned around, called up uh Coke and said, Hey, Pepsi just bought an ad in our magazine. You know, would you like to, uh, would you like to buy an ad too? And he got them both, I, I believe to advertise in his magazine. So it's, it's just a little bit of creativity.
0: By the way, my brief exposure to you, that will happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're you make things happen. So uh, Richard Branson, just just watch out. Um, okay, but I still just to understand the the brass tacks. So the schools say yes. Did they distribute the ebooks to their students? Is is that how it worked?
1: It was a PDF and we wanted to control the messaging. And so we actually wrote the emails for the universities, because universities are incredibly bureaucratic. They're horrible at sending out emails to to students. Students barely open them. And so we actually ended up doing all the copy. And in the same way that you you received my email, we actually created that so that the emails would actually get to students. And so another way that we also made it enticing for the companies is we actually created in this, since we had full control over the, the material going out, we actually created links on each of the advertisements that led directly to applications. So companies could actually, the, the students would actually be driven directly to applications for those companies from the book.
0: That's genius. So you had to act fast. The university say yes. And then you had to, did you say, well, we got to redesign the book because we got to put the ads in there. How did that work?
1: Yeah. Thank God for Canva. I, I absolutely love Canva. I think about up until about just three weeks, and we had this. This I can see in my head now. We had this timeline. Even up until like three weeks before the book sent out, we closed our last deal. I think it was with Elephant Insurance or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's just absolutely crazy experience in terms of how quickly things just kind of uh, kind of blew by there.
0: So you didn't think, oh, we're going to try to get these colleges to have this book on their curriculum because that's a much tougher sell. And you were thinking more long term. Is that right?
1: Exactly. Uh, Universities and it's, you know, one of our original businesses was working with universities they are extremely bureaucratic and you know you would hope that the forefront of our educational system here in the US would be fast moving and innovative and unfortunately it's just it, it just isn't set up that way um, i mean i still i know you went to trinity you loved your college experience i'm a hokey virginia tech through and through like still love my college experience but unfortunately they are just kind of big bureaucratic organizations uh, at some point and so we knew that to work it into the curriculum would just take forever. But it has been a nice surprise because of that upfront exp- exposure. Uh, and I know some of your clients talk about this as well with when you launch their books, the the word of mouth, whether it's on social media or, or just the, Im- the long-term impact that ends up occurring is unbelievable, where even now we'll, you know, we'll still do a quick search for the book every now and again. And it's appearing in, in professors' syllabuses who are now recommending the book. And that's students who are now going out and buying the book on Amazon. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely evolved just beyond that initial core marketing strategy, but that's the great thing about marketing is if you come up with a great strategy, it's, you know, can continue to pay dividends down the road through word of mouth.
0: Yeah, then other people are selling your book for you, like that professor. I have a side note uh, about Trinity and my love for it. And this, it's exactly on this topic. Um, This is so heartbreaking. I, I get emails from Trinity students all the time that say like, oh, hey, can I pick your brain? I don't. I'd spend my whole time. Having my brain picked if I said yes. So I reached out to Trinity and I said, I loved being a student there. I majored in creative writing. I would love to do an online event so that I could help all these people at once. They say yes, that would be great. Oh my God. So they ask this visiting professor. They they send me this email and say, Great news. This visiting professor, Lucy Ferris, I don't mind saying her name, is going to interview you. And I'm like, Great. Lucy Ferris accidentally sends me an email saying, I've looked, I've tried to find her New York Times bestselling book, and I can't. She sure makes a big deal about it in her bio. So basically the, the professor at Trinity, the school I loved so much that made me want to be a writer, was, was claiming I was lying about it. And she just accidentally got busted. And it, was, it just broke my heart. And my mom was a college professor. And she's like, you don't understand. They're the most evil <laughs> bureaucrats on earth. I thought, I was trying to help because the truth is they didn't teach me anything about becoming a writer. They just taught me to love writing. And that's not much of a service to your students.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, we're already seeing the educational system be completely disrupted right now. Um, I could go on and on about that, but basically I agree with you.
0: (laughs) God, it was so mean. It was so mean. Um, And I wrote her and I said, my college professors, both of them are now deceased would have been so happy for me. And it Trinity made me want to be a writer. And I wish you felt that way about your students, you know, and not competitive or accusing them of lying or whatever it was. Anyway, sorry, I hadn't talked about that. I mean, I've talked about it privately, but you're the first I've told because it was embarrassing. Anyway, I, I apologize, listeners, if that, that sidetrack was not interesting. But let's get back to, to what you did. Okay, so... So then um, what else? When did you learn about Amazon ads?
1: Yeah. So the consultant who we hired, she didn't offer to, to do the ads, but she said, hey, this is something you should look into. And so, okay, well, we ignored that for, you know, a year or so, uh, like we ignored all the other advice about like, hey, you know, you should look at marketing the book and, and again, how we walk with a limp today. So eventually finally got around to it. And a, a year on uh, using Amazon ads, actually were able to bring the book back into top 10 of various categories, just from Amazon ads years down the road. Um, we don't still advertise it. But the Amazon ads that I was doing for the book, we had a few authors who kind of took note of that and then reached out. So then I was like, sure, as a side gig, the, I mean, this is, this is a little bit of a rabbit hole, but basically I first job out of college, again, using the experience uh, over degrees sort of methodology was making six figures as a software developer. That was my, my, in my past life, that's what I was doing. And then realized I did not want to do that the rest of my life because it would, you know, I didn't feel like I was going to be challenging myself. And so I quit my job to travel the world. Something called COVID happened. And so I started working on a, you know, as making some side income, working on a few author's accounts who were like, okay, you've done great with, with your ads. Now, you know, can you kind of take a look at my book? Um, and I was actually working, I ended up living most of last year down in Ecuador, pretty much just surfing and then working on my laptop. That's, that's pretty much what I do day in and day out. And so it was actually from there that now about a year and a half later, we now work uh, currently on over 100 different books, um, have worked on over 200 books. So we've seen it all and have actually uh, worked on over $300,000 in ad spend. So it has grown purely through word of mouth. We have done up until this point, no Marketing. This uh, this podcast is actually one of the very first. Uh, this past month is the first time we have ever done marketing, and that's just because it's my goal now to to build out a more comprehensive digital marketing um, you know agency, and I'm really excited to do so. Uh, but yeah, word of mouth, man you you cannot uh, you cannot look past that. So that's how we've sort of gotten to where we are today.
0: So we should mention it's called Advanced Amazon <laughs> Ads, and you can uh, it'll be in the show notes. So, if you had advice for people, let's say, uh, you know, uh, who can't hire you, what is your Amazon ads advice?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is to start small. I know a lot of people say this, but actually try things. It's to treat it like a job, show up consistently. So, uh, I'm, I'm all over the place. We'll categorize this as three things. We'll say, first is going to be start small. So, when I say start small, I say, let's make sure that you're running ASIN campaigns, make sure that you're running category campaigns, make sure that you're running your keyword campaigns. And those are the three core ones that you should be doing. Um, On top of that, I would also say common word campaigns are actually a beautiful way to start. So there is a loophole in the Amazon ad system that is unlike Facebook ads, unlike Google ads, it doesn't even work for for Amazon Amazon products. It only works for, for Amazon books. And that is. You can actually target words that Amazon will then pull, like you can target the word book and Amazon will then use that word, find a hundred or 200 relevant things that your book should be targeting. So let's say, you know, I I have a a lady's book who I advertise about gardening. They will then actually place that for you in the hundred or so ways that people are actually looking for the word gardening book. And so these common words are actually an amazing way to sort of almost as a basically like hack Amazon to actually find these keywords for you. So that's something we start from the ground with all of our authors. We actually, I actually ended up again, software developer background, building out a program to actually allow us to do targeting that no one else can do on Amazon to the, to the level that we do it. And so then over time you get, um, you know, you obviously then you want to get more focused and focused. So start small. Use common word targeting and make sure you're targeting all the different types. Don't just do keyword targeting. Make sure you're also doing ASIN targeting and category targeting and and all the other ones as well.
0: Can I ask one question? Does that same thing work for keywords? Like, should you be putting gardening book as a keyword, tail, or?
1: Exactly. And, And so that's the whole, over time, the strategy is you pull out, Amazon provides you with these search term reports, which basically provides you with the keywords that have actually Customers have actually typed into the search box when they buy your book. And so then you're actually able to take those keywords, put those into another research campaign. Amazon will then use those. Now you're, now you're having even more targeting to then actually find more long tail. And then you get those, you pull those, and now all of a sudden you're targeting those. And so every single iteration builds on itself. And then this is also a great way with over time as the competitive landscape changes, where you're going to have new books enter the market about gardening um, you know, some books are going to gain popularity, you're immediately ready to start targeting those ahead of anyone else, because you're constantly using these search terms to actually create, build out new research campaigns. Um, and then also, now that you know, it's actually selling, you can then pull those exact keywords that that are selling your book into their own campaign as a, you know, it's called a performance campaign, to actually make sure that you are targeting the exact things that are, are selling your book. So you can use it in two ways, as, as research to use Amazon's algorithms to basically find those for you, and then actually specifically target them as well.
0: Do you think Amazon is going to sort of catch up and go, wait a minute, we don't want to sell gardening books to someone looking for a trowel, and or whatever, and they'll change it? Looking for a trowel I'm just trying to say a gardening term oh okay I'm assuming I don't that's even know what true. that is <laughs> 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 no but like like so so somebody because I want to make sure I understand that somebody looking for gardening items puts that in the search and, yeah. and that book will come up but is Amazon going to catch on and go well wait a minute we want we don't want books to come up when somebody's looking for a product or or does it serve them to keep it that way
1: yeah. To my knowledge, you're not able to target products. So this is specifically within the keywords. This is other books. This is, yeah. So this oh. is specifically books targeting other books.
0: Oh, but I thought you said, so what's the loophole then that you were talking about?
1: So the loophole is, uh, I know some of this stuff can get, you get so down in the, in the grains. And uh, basically the loophole that I'm talking about is targeting other books using these core common keywords. So let's say I target the word book I can then get Amazon to make me appear for every, to basically feed me keywords that are going to work really well for this book uh, across the across the board. So they're going to actually go and find those keywords that customers are searching for when they buy these other books, and they're going to give me that data. And that's the loophole coming in the back end for these other books, not for products. But you are going to use uh, ASIN targeting to target those specific books as well.
0: Okay, and it's different than what you can get on Publishers Rocket on Dave Chesson's.
1: It is. So we still use Publisher Rocket. We love it. It's just not yeah. the only thing we do. It is yeah. It is a good supplementary where then once Amazon feeds you those words back, you can then run those through Dave's software. And then that's going to provide you with even more uh, targeting as well.
0: And I will say we will have my affiliate link to Publisher's Rocket in the show notes. There is That is just the best tool. and so affordable. Absolutely. So, so how long do you believe in order to make an impact books have to run Amazon ads today?
1: No, I don't. And I I think there's a lot of authors who shouldn't. Uh, I don't think it's for everyone. Um, Basically there is an evolution that's occurring and it's the same evolution that occurred on Facebook. It's the same evolution that occurred on Google where cost per click is only going to continue to get more expensive. Um, Now for your, uh, a lot of your listeners, because of the nature of their books, where they use it as part of a back end funnel of business, it's the same way we don't even take clients who are just trying to make money on the sale of that book anymore. Because the the, the people who are able to advertise because they understand that the, the value of that cost per click is actually so much more. It's a you know a, a thirty thousand dollars speaking gig or it's a you know thousand back-end course, they are going to be able to outspend the independent nonfiction author who just has one book out there. Every single day. And we're still, we're, we're about in the middle ages right now. So things have matured where things are getting more expensive. And oftentimes, the best that an independent book can do right now is break even with Amazon ads. But moving forward, it is only going to get more expensive. Now, fiction authors, it doesn't mean they're out yet. They still can, as long as they have a series of somewhere between or at least above three books in their series then they're still going to be able to make money on their read through because let's say they break even on that first book through that second book and that third book they're still going to be able to re- recoup their investment but anyone with just one book who is trying to make money on Amazon it is not for you i I have seen that happen over and over again, and I would recommend making sure that when you write your book, and Anna, I know you do an absolutely great job with making sure that people have their funnels built out strongly in their book, is make sure that you have a funnel with your book. Build a business around your book. Don't just write the book.
0: Or, you know, what, like with me with Make Your Rest Your Memoir, there's no real funnel, but I got hundreds of thousands of dollars in new clients. Exactly. So, so some businesses, a funnel isn't, isn't gonna, isn't gonna, you're not gonna sell enough for it to be worth it. It really has to be a high ticket item in my experience. Yeah. Um, what, um, you know, and something I learned the hard way is, so if you upload your book onto Ingram for Amazon distribution, you cannot run Amazon ads. That broke my heart.
1: There is a way around that. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, So I won't go into the specifics of them here uh, because I actually even just send my clients who who have Ingram Sparks to this article, but I'll share that with you after. But there is actually uh, a way to, even though your books are on Ingram Sparks, still have the Kindle and even the paperback listed for Amazon ads.
0: Well, that's amazing because I reached out to an Amazon ad specialist and they said, well, you're out of luck. Uh, if you listed it on Ingram, you can't run Amazon ads.
1: That's interesting that they said that.
0: Yeah, I did, just didn't know. And then they tried to run BookBub. BookBub ads are really complicated because you, your audience has to be on BookBub. And I feel like only writers are on BookBub and not readers.
1: Yeah. I can't speak too much to that platform. We, I like to talk about things that I know really well and that's Amazon advertising and, uh, yeah.
0: Well, and, and let me ask you this, what is, so, so you've got these clients with the funnel, uh, it, how, how does it reflect, how do the ads reflect on sales? Uh, cause obviously you can show the ad, but you can't guarantee that the person who sees it is going to buy the book.
1: Yeah. So there is a separate platform that Amazon provides you with called the, uh, called the it's Amazon marketing services is, is the platform. We call it AMS because who wants to say that all the time really long. So it's the AMS dashboard that actually provides you with the uh, up to date, uh, best it can basically knowledge on sales that have come directly from the ads now that platform there's it's only gotten more accurate over time but there's still inefficiencies in it and sometimes I mean I I and I can't tell you I literally spend an hour in uh, Amazon ad forums every single day basically reading answering questions writing the stuff and so the amount of times I see people complaining because the that dashboard is notorious for not being real time accurate. So you're not going to get sales on there that are within the past seven to fourteen days being very accurate. But anything past that is pretty accurate. And spend on there is very accurate. It just comes orders and sales are going to be a little bit delayed. So.
0: Mm-hmm. And do clients the cl- clients want to be able to see the sales? to know what the results are, but then you constantly have to probably remind them, hey, you're not making your money off of sales.
1: Exactly. And so at the end of every, I mean, don't get me wrong. We still have a lot of clients who do make money on their ads. It's just, we understand where the platform is headed. We know you can't run a business and be looking where things currently are. You have to be seeing what's happening currently in the market and Russell Brunson, I, a big fan of his books, especially Traffic Secrets, where he talks about how expensive Facebook ads have gotten, how expensive Google ads have gotten. Amazon is no different. They, they are the next one in that series of, of uh, pay per click platforms that are getting more and more expensive. Yeah. And so, understanding this, we know that now, you know, today, yes, people can still make money on, on their books but we know where it's going. That's going to disappear in, in the next year or two. Um, and when I say make money on their books, I mean making money sales. from the sales of their books on Amazon. Uh, we report to our clients at the end of every month. We say, you know, here's the orders that you sold. Here's the amount of uh, spend that you incurred. We like to hear about their funnels, um, basically how it is set up, and then find a way to be able to track the uh, traffic that, that comes through that as well. So um, that's how we do things based on the AMS dashboard, which provides us somewhat of an accurate view into what sales have actually come from the ads themselves.
0: Fascinating. So we got to wrap up. Let me ask you this. Are you working on book number two?
1: not related to experience over degrees. Uh, I think those, those days behind me, I still love uh, experiences, everything's experiences, but this next book, uh, which is due out August 1st will actually be uh, all around Amazon ads. And I will actually be, you know, like, like I've said now multiple times, never trust somebody who doesn't walk with a limp. I'm excited to now actually use the strategies that I've worked with on other clients for actually this own, this book, because we do have our Amazon ads course that we have up on our website and, uh, and obviously our service and so that is something that I plan on actually using as a, as a lead generation tool for, for the business as well. But also, I'm going to give it all in that book. I'm a big fan of uh, Jay Shetty. Has a, you know, He talks about his whole thing is he gives it all for free, and I will give it all for free in this book. But there are people who can't commit to it unless they put a dollar, you know, a dollar alongside of it. Um, you know, they, they can't show up unless they, they've put some investment into it. Well, that's, that's what the course would be. about. We'll, we'll give it all in the book as well.
0: Yeah, or they're like me, and they they buy the book. I, I David Grogan, I, I bought you know some of his, and then their brain spontaneously combusts when they're reading it, and they're like, ah, I can't do this myself. I thought I could, but I can't.
1: That's another thing. That so that's why because there's there's a dozen Amazon advertising books out there. Our goal is to create a simple one. So that is uh, in my previous job, that was actually as a sale as a sales engineer, and so basically what I was paid to do was, was uh, develop platforms and then go sell them uh, to various companies and then say, be able to explain the technology to, to non-technology people. And so that is my uh, goal here is with Amazon ads is actually to be able to break it down and provide it in a simple way that, you know, we can all sort of understand. And, you know, if I didn't have the tech background, I could actually understand it myself as well. So that is the goal.
0: Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited to actually understand this whole thing. You know, one thing that I neglected to ask you, you mentioned that you built four businesses from that book. Will you t- briefly tell us what they, what they are?
1: Yeah. So the four businesses were the initial actual um, ability to sell those to companies like Kohl's, sell the advertisements to companies like Kohl's. Uh, my good friend and colleague, Rishav Kanal, has now actually branched off and he's got a very profitable business actually consulting with young professionals who hate their jobs. Um, for I believe it's like for 12% of their first year salary or something, he'll help them get their dream job, um, which is a wonderful business model. He has people uh, approaching him every day now for it. Um, so he's built that profitable business from it. We also built a software slash consulting company from it as well. We built our own software to help companies build out um, campus manager um, programs. And so we ended up selling two contracts to American Woodmark uh, and uh, Red Ventures. Uh, but the only thing is when it comes to tech and security, no one wants to trust two dudes and a dog, which which is how we came across and funding neither of us were ready to go down the funding route at that point. We still had a lot to learn so uh, we didn't we didn't really end up following through with that and then obviously my Amazon ads business, so that rounds out the four businesses
0: Why do you not have a business uh, getting companies to advertise in books
1: we so, okay. So I think there's something there. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I still think that that is a huge opportunity that is, that is out there and all actually taking control and, and using that as a whole nother revenue model for products that are very aligned with the message they're giving to actually sell ads. Like, I think that would completely change the industry. Uh, I'm not, I'm not prepared to take that one on, but anyone here who's listening or Anna, maybe that one's for you. Uh, I can provide some tips on how we sold, how we sold some companies, but yeah, that's, uh, I think that that could change a lot.
0: I know less effective in the paperback, but for the ebook, a genius thing. I wish you did it. Cause I'd have you do it for me and my clients, but <laughs> alas, well, if people want to find out more about you, obviously they can go to the show notes, um, at which will be, uh, launchpadpub.com slash blog slash Alex but where else can they find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and we actually have a, a specific uh, secret page on our website set up, which is advancedamazonads.com gifts, where list, listeners here uh, of Anna's show will also actually get the book for free. So when that comes out on August 1st, that book will actually be totally free. Um, we also have some other resources there to help you with Amazon ads, along with a, a coupon offer our course. So uh, feel free to check that out. Um, obviously, always happy to, to be able to extend some value here to, to Anna and her fans.
0: And I will link to that in the show notes very prominently because that is super generous of you guys, of you. So guys, please go grab that. I can't tell you how useful that will be for you and your career. So that's it wrapping up. Alex, thank you so much for your time. You're a delightful guest.
1: Anna, thank you so much for having me.
0: It was great. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, Please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review and find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. See you next week.